1: We're back from traveling to Virginia for the Toyota Super Press launch the, because when you think press launch Supra. you think Virginia. I don't know. That that it worked hey. it, it was wonderful. Well, it yes. was
0: just at first I was like what are we doing now?
1: <laughs> well, yeah. what they did was they picked the track and then they looked around and said, "Okay, what hotels are in the area where we can yeah. put everybody in and put them up to stay." So, for sure. the week that we are recording this is the ongoing press launch for mm-hmm, the Supra. Mm-hmm. So what we thought we would do is Leave when the embargo lifts on Sunday, May 12th, Mother's yes. Day at 6.01 p.m. Yes. Eastern Daylight Time. Because
0: how you want to celebrate mom is by watching many, many super videos. <laughs> hey, That's really the key thing. Happy
1: Mother's Day. Check this video out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we are going to wait for Topic Tuesday for the next podcast. That yes. way we we won't talk ourselves into a corner or get ourselves in trouble by answering one question and, oops, accidentally saying well, too it- much about the driving impressions and and that honestly is what's under embargo. It's Embarno. not everything yeah. else. You, That's yeah. why you've you can, seen exhaust videos, totally, you've seen pictures, totally. interior, all that kind of stuff but it's the driving impressions but that's what we talk about all the time.
0: Yeah, and, and that's the other thing is that there's – I want I want you guys to see our impressions driving it and the piece that we're making. I we, we want you to see that so that you understand our headspace and the headspace of others about the car so that then you can ask questions from that point. So next Tuesday – happy Friday, by the way. Next Tuesday, that topic Tuesday is going to be getting all the Supra stuff accomplished, stuff that we didn't cover in the video. It, but But this leads me directly to a great question that happened. in in this uh, line of questions and that is from our friend Nate now you may have just seen Nate had his first piece from the cycle report on our channel Mm -hmm. he's going to be doing Nate's a long term friend and fan of the show he's going to be doing motorcycle reviews for us he's based in Chicago we've known Nate for a while how are you man he asked a great relevant question here yeah yeah, and it was about embargoes the question essentially he's asking is are they stupid? <laughs> He's saying, uh, well, let's put it another way. Are they annoying? Why does this embargo exist? Why, do we, why are we driving a car? And this, is, this exists across the board. Why are we driving a car that we can't talk about yet? Does that annoy us? What do we think the reasoning is? Does it seem shady? These are all of his, his kind of <laughs> sub-questions. And overall, overall, I don't have a problem with it. And I'm going to tell you why. Because I was thinking about the fact that, just to give you a frame of reference, this uh, press launch that we were just at, Toyota is bringing 100 journalists in five yeah. days yeah. through. Every day, 20 new journalists are driving the car. And to hear them tell it, those are the first 100 people outside the company to drive the car.
1: This is the worldwide launch. So Keep we were, mind.
0: So we were thrilled to be part yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. nobody's done official coverage. I mean, car and driver was there. Um, Automobile Magazine was there. I'm trying to think of people that I recognize. Oh, Jalopnik. Um, uh, you Redline saw Josh Review. there. Yes, exactly. Car and Driver. Josh uh, Jacob from Car and Driver. Um, Ed- Ezra Dyer was there. Uh, lots of people you would know. Of course, we were there with one of the big YouTube waves, so a lot of the folks you're already watching, in addition to us, they were all there. Savage Geese. um
1: David P. Uh, yeah, dude exactly. In blue. Dude in Blue,
0: Matt Moran, that, Matt Farah. Uh-huh. I mean, it was a it was a big. It's a big launch, and it's yeah. South was on as Monday. Exactly, as Red we're line. recording, we there. It's still happening. So here's the way the bargo embargo is actually helpful to us. When you and I drove it. Patrick George Jalopnik had already driven it, Mm -hmm. and the guys at Redline Reviews had already driven it. Right, right. Both of those pieces, as fast as those folks work, would have been out before you and I had even gotten out of the car.
1: Right, exactly.
0: So that's where an embargo is helpful because it allows you and I to – to get impressions, to shoot a video, to make a video where we aren't coming to the party late just because we were invited the next day.
1: Well, levels the playing field for everyone. Every one of those hundred journalists that are there, it levels the playing field for mm-hmm. everybody so content can be released simultaneously. One person doesn't scoop another outlet. Yes. so that is how a it's, good thing. That's how, that how that it's sense. helpful.
0: The flip side, though, how it benefits the manufacturer is, let's be honest, the big Google boom. Because everything Uh hits at the exact same time, and now all of a sudden, the internet (laughs) cares about our car. And at least for this 30 seconds, we're getting this huge spike of traffic and interest and content. And so they'll be able to ride that for a week or so. That's the other part of the equation. By doing these embargoes, they can, to some degree, control the narrative to release at the right time. I'll give you the flip side that happens all the time. Find some movie star you kind of are aware of.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And
0: the notice the next time they have a movie coming out, Somehow, magically, the month
1: before that movie comes out, they're on the cover of four magazines. Not an accident, right? And they've gone to every evening talk show, exactly. And exactly, they just happen to be on they, the morning talk it's show. Amazing, with they're Eleanor, everywhere this one. right now. That's that's how the did that happen? That's yeah. the
0: equivalent of these embargoes yeah. for cars. We're lining it up so that it that it all peaks at the same moment, so that we as the car maker can say
1: it's our moment to talk about the Supra. So we'll, our moment will be next Tuesday. <laughs> Although, so what we can talk about are the everything else that Toyota did for all the. While we've been there, the room key cards to our hotel were branded Supra. Mm -hmm. The hang tags on the back of your door, you know, the do not disturb hang tags, branded Toyota Supra. The restrooms at the track were rebranded. That's right. That was the bridge too far. Guess what car they used.
0: When you you hire somebody... to wrap the stalls <laughs> I in think it was a awesome, I'm sorry, but was, that is the bridge too far. I think it was I took, awesome. a photo, I took a photo, and then I thought, do I really want to post a, <laughs> a nasty track men's bathroom on Instagram? And so I didn't. I, thought, I didn't. You know, decorum but, ruled the day, which is great. But I, but I, really, I really did. I took the photo because I couldn't believe I was looking at this. They'd wrapped <laughs> the stalls. And I'm sorry, but th- really, that was the place where it was like, guys, really?
1: It's okay. They had super we water in the here. cup holders with super yes. napkins yes. and super signage and super lighting at, at night with the cars were parked outside. Super lit up the ground.
0: Think, think about it's the hilarious. wedding you went to where <laughs> the bride and groom had their name on too many things. This is beyond that. <laughs> It's like they hired that wedding coordinator and gave them caffeine. It's just, it <laughs> right. was everywhere. There's carte
1: blanche, as many things as you can think of.
0: I couldn't believe the amount. I mean, because when you go to any of these press things, they hand out swag that is branded with the car. That, that's fully normal. This was like they were trying to rebrand the world. It was way, way out there. It, it was
1: amazing. So good
0: on Toyota for doing that. I, yeah. thought, it, it I was, thought it was cool. The it attention fan, to detail. It was a
1: fantastic event. I, I thought it was great. To their credit, it was a great event. Yes. And they gave us all a lot of driving time. So that is coming. it was great. Yeah. We've got a great Great debate for all of you. We've got Johnny FD writing to us for, uh, for the Mother's Day debate. Mother's yes, Day is this I like Sunday. It. I like it. You and line so this both up very debates, well. Yep. Both debates are, are for moms, and thanks to all of our moms. We love you very much. Yep. Johnny FD is wanting a manual car for his mom, and his folks live in San Francisco. And I love that it is a point of personal pride. She's always driven a manual, and mm-hmm. friends ask her and kind of inquire about, you yeah. drive a manual? What, yeah, yeah, what's yeah, going yeah. on? How That's cool great. is that? And then we've got uh, Adam, Jay, in Ohio. Uh, Mom apparently wants a sidecar for fun, and Adam is encouraging her as she's headed towards retirement. or mm-hmm. just Actually, she just recently retired from being a speech pathologist. She has worked hard for many decades, she, he says, and they, uh, they want to get her a sidecar, the fun stuff on the side, because yep. apparently yep. there's a lot of good driving roads in southern Ohio, so that's yep. pretty cool. So we will dive into those, and then we've got, of course, um, a boatload of questions. A yes. lot of them, as we have said, super related, which is fine. It's and great. And many of you noted that we couldn't talk driving impressions and asked other questions, but we just felt like, well, there's just too many things we could talk ourselves over the cliff mm-hmm. and then and so violate many, the embargo, which we don't want to do. And there's so many
0: topics that we can cover that relate to the super. So we will push all that into one big discussion, which will be great. Oh, by, by the way, while we're here, yes, it is coming up quickly next week is our 400th podcast. I can't believe it. We are having a 400th podcast live recording celebration at Brewvies. That is a pub. It's a cinema pub in Salt Lake. And this came up <laughs> twice this past Bruising
1: week. Bruising movies, dude!
0: Totally. It came up twice this past week. And I, I want to apologize now. This is just the way all of these are run. Uh, that started with Alamo Drafthouse in Austin. These are all 21 and over locations. We are not trying to exclude anybody. We've had a couple of fans locally write to us that were under the age of 21 and asked if that was still the case for this event. Sadly, it is. So we're sorry. Also, if you were coming and you were going to bring the whole family, that would be problematic. Okay? Right. So right. it is a 21 and over event, and that is purely because these, and again, it's not just the Salt Lake one. It's not. This isn't even a Utah alcohol thing. This is. All of these are set up like bars that are combined with movie theaters, so they're always 21 and over. We're hoping many of you are going to come. Many of you have already registered for it. Uh, there is a registration on the website. You can just go to everydaydriver.com. There's a banner right there, right up front about it, joining us for that. The registration registration is mostly so we can keep track of who's coming mm-hmm. we also are accepting donations to cover our costs many of you have been very generous thank you for that we're excited to just see people i don't even know how this is going to go it's going to be <laughs> no, fun I don't either. it's going to be fun i know that but at, i don't have to at the very least yes. it'll be fun and we are going to do the world premiere of Season 5, Episode 1, which won't premiere for everybody else until the first week of July. We're going to show just that episode that night. That'll be cool as well. So we hope you'll come. If you don't come, we, we are excited for you to
1: listen anyway because, of course, that will still drop on Friday yeah, yeah, as
0: normal. We're also going to live stream it at the
1: time. All right. Jumping into the debates, Johnny F.D. wrote to us and said he's a car enthusiast. He listens to the show very frequently, religiously. He says, thank you, Johnny. Really appreciate it. He travels 11 months of the year and he hasn't owned anything for a decade. Hmm. H- how do you h- how do you do you make this possible how- cuz he travels 11 months of the year. M- yeah. Maybe he's driving other cars? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he's just not owning anything but he's still getting to drive. Hopefully that's the case. His mom is looking to buy a new car and he's helping her shop He's 37. She's close to 60, but likes to act like she's 25. Love it. That's funny. That's fantastic. And she, he says that part of her identity is impressing friends whenever they get in and see that she drives a manual. So
0: awesome. this is a
1: must-have on the list. I think that's fantastic. Absolutely. She's owned an Eagle Talon TSI. Remember cool. those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were cool, actually. Toyota Celica. <laughs> Toyota <laughs> RAV4. It, yeah. Toyota Yaris. All stick, mm-hmm. including the RAV4. He said it was surprising, fun and easy to drive. But right now, his folks have a 2013 Toyota Yaris SE, which they Mm -hmm. love and will be driven by his dad. Okay. And they want to trade in their second-gen 2003 RAV4 for the new car, which Mom will be driving. Mm -hmm. And by the way, hello to both your folks. I'm sure you're listening to the podcast. Hello, Mom. I've got some really fun choices for you. Good. Good. And he says, Johnny says, aside from being silly to be a two Yaris household, the current model looks exactly the same. They don't want to wait until 2020 for the refresh Mm -hmm. or get the first model of the new generation. But he does say the Yaris is perfect because they're in San Francisco. Parking spots, easy to drive, never breaks down, super reliable, little to no maintenance. Looks decent, good on gas, all those things. By the way,
0: manual transmission. Mom drives a manual transmission on the hills of San Francisco. I like Mom even more.
1: (laughs) That is really cool. We're not just driving a manual
0: in a place where it doesn't really matter. We're driving a manual on hills in San Francisco. (laughs) This this takes some dedication. I love this. I have a couple good ideas as well. Now, they they say it's interesting. There's two parts here on price. I don't know if you noticed this. There's a discussion of ideally this would be a max of $20,000, but then most of the stuff they're looking at – is that or more unless we go used true so i which get the impression there's there's wiggle room for sure here above 20 grand but i tried to stay close to that obviously it's, again as we said it's got to be manual transmission and little and reliable and all of the things that the yaris has been but i agree let's not have a two yaris family let's not do that <laughs> let's 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 branch out the dual least, yaris at least garage. a bit at yeah. least
1: a bit all right so currently they're considering the honda fit the Hyundai Accent, okay. the Honda HRV 2018 and prior, before they killed the manual apparently, and the other Yaris. Let's throw yeah. the other Yaris off the plate. Let's just not. Let's just get, yeah. Let's get something else. And I get the sense
0: that you guys are open to something else, but you're kind of gravitating back toward that because, let's be honest, they've worked so well.
1: They have been considering a Mazda 3 manual. Mm-hmm. Said it only comes in the $29,000 premium package, which, okay, I mean, you can always go used, but it sounds like they're gravitating the towards the new. Yeah, it yeah, is. yeah. Of course the 86 is on the list but we have to keep in mind they're getting in and out of the car and you know that mm-hmm. d- that does factor in the ease of yeah entry there's egress. a concern
0: about it just being low and it is low it's a very low car
1: same thing for the miata a little bit too cramped gti seems like the perfect choice but they don't want a volkswagen yep Focus ST could be cool, but they had a horrible experience owning an 80s Fiesta. They're not the same, Johnny. Yeah, by the way. Eight, they're, yeah, yeah. They're 80, actually 80s Fiestas different.
0: were objectively terrible, okay. just so you know. They were objectively a terrible car. My grandparents <laughs> had one. It was genuinely – I wasn't – I was okay, 80s 80s Fiestas, by the way, I wasn't really supposed to be driving yet. But when I go to Grandpa's house, it, they had a farm, and I was able nice. to drive stuff. And, and I didn't even know cars, and I thought, Other than the fact I'm getting to drive this, which was cool, it was terrible then. So yeah, objectively terrible.
1: (laughs) You want more objectively terrible Fords from the '80s? Ford Tempo.
0: Yeah, another good one. Bummer. Another one my grandparents had. In fact, (laughs) they had a Fiesta and they had a Tempo, and they were both awful. Clearly, they knew the Ford dealer, but it wasn't to their benefit.
1: Okay, they've also looked at the BMW 2 Series, but 35k is a lot of money, and they're afraid of the reliability and costs and blah. So the wild card used on the BMW. They, they 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 would. They would have to. The wild card territory here is not a manual, but his mom has always wanted a Lexus.
0: Okay. I like it.
1: Now, he's torn about this. Johnny's torn as she'd be getting one only for the social cachet, as he says. Interesting. And then would have future higher expenses for the rest of her life because he claims you cannot downgrade back to a Toyota <laughs> after owning one. I would love to spend an hour de- de- refuting that comment, but okay. All right. we'll leave it live for All now. Right. They're also thinking it would be nice for her to own one from a used perspective. And he said the RC200T, IS200T, or 300 for 25 to 30K. Yeah. Yes, reliable. A bit out of the budget. And he would just buy her the present since she gifted Johnny her Celica when he went to college. That's cool.
0: It all comes full circle. I, I, I really like this story. I'm this sticking is to 20. I'm story. working Good hard for you. to 20. All right, great, I, great, great. I
1: just want all of you to know mm-hmm. that I'm working hard. I'm not going to blow it up this time. A Mother's Day gift. Okay, look at to you. Johnny's bravo. mother. Bravo, bravo. The tall seating position stuck out at me. Okay, good. What is the compact car that is inexpensive, manual transmission uh-huh. with a tall ride height? Yeah. Fiat doesn't have the 2019s on their website yet, but at least the 2018 Fiat 500 Pops starts at 16495 Like it. That's very good. Manual transmission, so 20, like pretty nicely loaded and yeah, and we're sure. good for sure fiat 500 pop i am going to go in in ascending order towards reliability <laughs> even though i will say that would probably okay. be just fine uh yeah 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 okay.
0: the fiat the fiat is in the fine category <laughs> now you're going to go towards one where we all feel confident about yes, it i take yes. your point okay good
1: couple more here johnny 2019 hyundai veloster 2.0 is $19,420 on their website.
0: I had the Veloster on my list as well. Did you really? The Veloster, I think, a serious look at the Veloster. Because the other thing that I see here in this story, Johnny, is that your mom enjoys having a car that's worth asking questions about.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: It's an Mm -hmm. interesting little car that's also manual. And the Veloster is way high on that list.
1: What I like about the Veloster ties back into our recent Fiesta ST discussion about all ages, all ages. All income levels, sure, all sure, demographics, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. driving fun, inexpensive little oh, hot yeah, hatches not? or fun sports cars that don't say their age. Mm-hmm. The Veloster is the opposite it. of your mom's age, and that's why I think you should get it. Okay. All right. Kay? I love it. I think it's great. So that's why the Veloster is on the list, but I, I can't believe I'm about to do this. I can't believe Uh-oh. it. What? I'm about to recommend a Toyota to you, Johnny. Where are you headed? 2019 Toyota Corolla hatchback SE in Blue Flame starts at 199. You and I are aligned on this really? man. Really, no kidding. I have that Corolla that
0: we the drove, the Blue Flame. You
1: got to get in the Blue Flame. I agree, color. you got to get it in the fun We're color. done there.
0: The XSE that we drove, the 6-speed manual was very fun, really usable. We're dealing with Toyota reliability. It yeah. has so much more personality yeah. than that Yaris. You have to get it in a fun color. I totally agree. <laughs> must
1: get, must buy in a fun color. I mean, it, it doesn't have to be the XSE. It doesn't. You don't have to go to the high okay. trim level. The SE is fine. I'm sure yeah. she'd be fine with it. Probably. But the blue flame color then says that's that's the spice right there. That's the personality. That's part the of hotness. It. But it's genuinely
0: fun to drive. It and, is. And yeah. and and the yeah. XSE that we had. I know that's the upper one, but that was like we talked about. That was a, a genuinely lukewarm hatch. Mm-hmm. It was. Not quite a hot hatch, but it was genuinely fun. We had it on an incredibly narrow and bumpy road, (laughs) and it was still very
1: fun. The bathwater hatches. They're (laughs) they're in the lukewarmish. I don't know. That, no, I'm going to work okay. on that.
0: We're going to walk away from that. But I had that one on my list as well. I love that you brought it up because I had that one and the Veloster both on my list. No kidding. Yeah, for no sure. No kidding.
1: I mean, I I think all of these have a bit of fun and spice for they different need it reasons. For this discussion. Yes. Obviously, going ascending towards the reliability comfort level, but I think all of them are going to be just fine. Especially that Hyundai, it's going to be brilliant. Yeah. 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 I so yeah. I like Got some stuff to consider here, Johnny. Where where else did you go?
0: I, uh, I have two others. Now, you guys had mentioned the Honda Fit. Now, that is less personality, but perfect for your needs. If you need a car that actually has some usable, like some usable transport space. And the Yaris doesn't get it done, and the Rav four was was helpful for that. I think the fit might be pardon me, pardon the pun. It's the intended uh, pun of the right fit because it, it look the six speed on <laughs> Don't that is get really started. Good. Yeah, sorry, the six speed on that is really good. Uh, get it as sporty as you can. It doesn't have a whole lot of driver personality, but it is a genuinely good chassis with amazing amounts of space, great storage, and a good six speed. It has to be on the drive list. I think mm-hmm. it is probably from a utilitarian uh, perspective just a, or a utility car perspective, it is the best of all of them mm-hmm. just because it gets so yeah. much done with its space. I also think it is kind of the least fun personality-wise. That's where I like the Corolla and I really like the Veloster. I have another one that's kind of in wild card territory here. Okay. All right. Because I thought this is a car that checks every box needed, but it also has almost a sports car demeanor about it. Okay. Go get a used Honda CRZ. You won't even spend your whole budget.
1: That's excellent. Great six speed,
0: fantastic kind of futuristic sports car look. My question is, is that one also too low? Because it is a small car. Is this too low like the eighty six chassis is too low? I don't think it's that low. Uh, but I haven't been in one back to back in a while. So um but I think that, that CRZ look, you could get a really nice one for less than twenty. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. going to run. It's gonna get great gas mileage. It's a perfect little runabout for the city. That's where it shines. Yeah. So yeah. I thought, okay, that's in wild card territory because I know we're talking about now two seats, two doors. We are getting smaller still, but that allows mom you could have a, a sports car look
1: and feel, but it checks every other box. Look, the smart. I'm on the smart website right now. It Why? Cross my mind. Why would
0: you go with the smart? Web? No one because needs to of be San there.
1: Francisco. That's the only reason. Yes. But I think all of these choices. Had, I, I, the reason I'm acknowledging smart is because somebody out there is saying, guys, why why haven't you suggested this car? I don't think anyone is.
0: I think they're all glad it's leaving. I, <laughs> I think everyone listening is like, why on earth is that still I even still sold? I still like them.
1: Go on. Go but, on. Uh, yeah, you, you, if you have thought smart, we are acknowledging that. Okay. I think all of these cars are better in terms of driving enjoyment. Yes, they and are. And you've got great roads in and around San Francisco to just go tear them up in your bathwater hatches. Bathwater Hatches. Okay, that's part of the title. Good. Guys, Pilgrimage is coming at you in 2019. We are definitely going. There are cars being locked in. We are still making a few little changes here and there for getting people the car reservations that they are wanting. But Pilgrimage is a go. Mm-hmm. We would love to have you join. If you want to go inquire, if, if you haven't yet, we'll say you've heard <laughs> me talk about this. Yes, yes, yes. And the trip is to Germany and Belgium in the fall of 2019 where we take you on two of our favorite tracks Two of the most well-known tracks. In the world, yeah. And uh, we just have a great time as a, a cool community and and exploring things together and learning and, and just having a great time driving. For sure. Love to have you with us. So go to everydaydriver.com where you can submit your car debate, but you can also learn about the PokeMids trip. Ask, uh, ask questions of us if mm-hmm. it's not answered on the Frequently Asked Questions page there. And uh, there's going to be more adventures announced yes. a little bit later on. That's the central one so, of the adventures uh, tab right now. All
0: of that info is open. There are spaces still available. There is a Utah meetup coming up a little faster than I, than I realized, but it is coming up in the beginning of August. Uh, look, I'll tell you guys, in the next week or two, all of the, that information is going live. So Just so you know. Pilgrimage is up now. Utah meetup will go up next. And then uh, in the fall, after the pilgrimage trip is when we are targeting an East Coast meetup. Uh, details on that are still to follow. You can see all the info that exists right now is on that uh, adventures page we welcome your questions but honestly we just want you to come with us the
1: mm-hmm. trip is definitely happening yeah. it's going to be a great trip this year you should definitely definitely come the debate goes on on the discord forum if you're a patron of ours you can check out the car debate section on there and then there's the the entire car community for everyday driver on there if you're, it's very if you're cool. a patron it's so really cool that is continuing and we are coming back after this break
0: we're often asked how we find the cars we recommend because we do a lot of research for the show. Local or nationwide, our searches start with our friends at AutoTempest. Instead of searching each car
1: site separately, you can enter your parameters into AutoTempest one time and search them all at once. You can see results from Cars.com, Cars Direct, eBay, and more. Or you can jump to AutoTrader and CarGurus without entering anything new. You can even search all of Craigslist nationwide. You know how hard it is to search Craigslist all at once? You can with AutoTempest.
0: Auto Tempest can help you find your next new or used car if there's a dozen in your neighborhood or two in the entire country. Plus, the folks at Auto Tempest actually do listen to this very podcast right along with you, and they're always looking for ways to refine the site to make it better. They already have research tools, buyer and seller guides, and are listening to what features users want.
1: So if we give you drive homework, or you're chasing your dream car, or you're just looking to feed the disease, Autotempest.com is the place to start. Heck, I was honored an hour ago.
0: We're back with another car debate with the Mother's Day theme. I actually like that you put these two together. This is a very different one as well. This is Adam writing in from Ohio. Uh, His mom wants a fun car. Mm-hmm. She is, she's actually just retired. She's looking for a, a very fun car. She drives a Kia, Kia Soul right now, which she just thinks is an incredible amount of fun, and she likes the totally awesome. stuff. I get the sense that car's not going anywhere. Yeah, right. So we don't have to worry about utility, which is great. And She's got a car she likes. So hi, Mom. Let's find you a fun car. Cars that she has always kind of dreamed about are the Mazda Miata, Yeah. the Carmen Ghia, awesome when they run. Sorry, did I say that loud? Uh, At the Porsche Boxster. These are the kind of ones that she's gone, hey, these are really cool. But, but, let's, let's, the same place we were at the prior debate. CUVs are interesting because they're easier to get into than sports cars, so that's right. still a factor. Right. Absolutely. But but the, the interest and the dreams for
1: mom here for Adam's mom is the full-on sports car, the little tiny stuff too. I really like that. So let's see if we can find her something. <laughs> All right. Nowhere in the email, Adam, does it say she needs a manual transmission. So we might recommend true. a mix here. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah. Which is fine, but it doesn't say that that's a requirement. And uh, she, <laughs> she wants it to be fifteen k or less, fifteen thousand dollars or less. She's driven Passats, Volkswagen Cabriolets, the Kia Forte. And this side note really caught my attention, along okay. with that 65 Carmen Ghia recommendation. Yes. She wants to learn to work on it with Adam's help. I noticed that. I noticed this that. This changed my entire headspace. Did it really? Okay, good. Everything new was thrown out the window.
0: Okay, cool. I went I love in it.
1: a totally different direction. Good. Adam, I'm so excited to share this with you. I, I, I went down a weird, different rabbit trail. Good for you. I love it. Because, yes, you mentioned Southern Ohio and great driving mm-hmm. roads. But my question is: Is this cruise? Is this is this fun in the in? You know, we're not attacking them and you know shaving tents and all that kind of stuff. It's not track time. It's just mm. whether we drive slow or fast. They're fun to drive on. Yeah. So we yeah, don't yeah. need something necessarily that we would recommend for maybe younger drivers that are really you know they want to use it for autocross or track. But no. still fun. Yeah, true. Okay. True. Hopefully
0: hopefully you'll enjoy these roads. We hope so.
1: Yes, that's the whole point. So here's where I started. Based on that Carmen Ghia, mm-hmm. I looked around and found 1975 to 97- 1978 MG MGM convertibles for $68,000. Mm. Which leaves money for upgrades and repairs. Because when you say you want to work on a car... That means money's going into it. If we start at 15 and go further, which I'm going to do anyway. (laughs) Hi, welcome to the podcast. (laughs) It's just another day. Welcome to Friday. Yeah. Then then that actually is no longer a $15,000 car. True. But there could be a little bit of wiggle room. I'm hoping there's wiggle in there. I like it. I like it. I found a great looking, unrestored 1960 MGA for $20,000 in Annapolis, Maryland top shape hmm. the body is solid with very little surface rust it needs an engine tune-up a carb overhaul electrical checkup and the owner has a new clutch pressure plate and a throwout bearing and disc will, which they will include in the sale Interesting. haven't okay. had time to install them so that is the sweet spot of it runs it drives okay. it needs work if you want to work on it together yeah but it's okay. 20k all right so then I backed up how about a late 80s alfa romeo spider quadrifoglio you want to really sure. work on a car Got an alpha? Wow! Uh, the older alphas. I mean,
0: may as well may as well get a Carmen Ghia while you're at it. Yeah, I
1: <laughs> got it. BMW 2002s came to mind. Yes, that would work. Fiat 500 Abarths, which are newer. Mm-hmm. You could go that direction. They're they're a boatload of fun, mm-hmm. and For I sure. think she would really enjoy that. But that would just be running along with Mini Coopers, which theoretically would pretty much run unless you got an older one. You need yeah. to work on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But this is where I landed the third generation 1980s mercedes benz sl interesting okay it All sounds right. like your mom is a classy woman okay and i think you should get the well the 1979 mercedes benz 450 sl in rockaway new jersey for 135 which means they'll take 13 totally rust free comes with a hard top always garaged Seventy-nine thousand miles, automatic, partially restored in cranberry exterior with a cream interior. This is that
0: iconic SL that when you think of Mercedes convertible, you just think of this car. Right? Oozes classiness, just yeah. Yeah, and yeah, she yeah, could yeah.
1: say, "I got a Mercedes." And it's timeless.
0: It's timeless because they made them totally. forever. Totally, yeah. Okay, I see. Totally. It. I, see I even it.
1: found a nineteen eighty nine five sixty SL convertible. Wow. Okay. In Teensville, Wisconsin, for nineteen nine hundred. This is. Top shape, carbureted V8, white, blue interior with a blue soft top. Just classy. Man. It's very classy. I agree with this. I agree this with is this, back yeah. in the day when SLs were small. They were, yeah. they were SLC, yeah. SLK sized, even smaller, actually, yeah, yeah. with a front-mounted V8. Mm-hmm. Yes, they were carbureted, but whether you get the... You, you could chase the 300SL, which are the ones that came in the, the manual if you wanted. Yeah. Yeah, Most yeah. of them were automatics, but this was just cruise you could take it on a fun road it's just you, classy yeah. fun and for as much as you'd take the car out get the convertible you know it's,
0: what's funny about this is actually if you think about it those cars are almost the size of a boxster they're
1: tiny they're not
0: very big yes the Vietnam, but they're not very big that this, is, is, a this short is interesting wheelbase too i do like it i do short like, wheelbase large
1: steering wheel yeah. just the classy. It's, it's 80s. a timeless.
0: It's a timeless Mercedes. It's they a have not shot up Mercedes. in value yeah. yet. The
1: whole yeah. craze of you know suddenly those '80s Mercedes SLs have, have not happened yet. So interesting. Fifteen okay. to nineteen, you could okay. get one. Right. And the the work on it part would just be maintenance and changing filters mm-hmm. and and little stuff. It's not going to be well. The yeah. inside of this fender is rusted out, so we got to pull that. And she can't enjoy. It. I want something you can drive now and just kind of dink around with and and maintain That's, with little yeah. stuff that's
0: that's the interesting place I didn't go far back because uh, where you've ended up is where my headspace began and here's okay. what I mean okay that: right. your mom has said she'd kind of like to learn to work on it what I read into that is she doesn't want to like let's spend Saturday in the garage at least not yet that's what I got yeah let's let, how do I change the oil I've never put a filter in a car. Right. I think it's that right. level is yeah. what I suspect. It's yeah. probably the, the the entry level to working on a car. Get a and new I, and trim I,
1: piece and replace and that I worn thing. Yeah, and, I
0: don't claim to be a yeah. wrench, but I can do this base kind of stuff: brakes, oil, yeah, filters, yeah, yeah. this kind of stuff. I can do that, and I suspect that's probably as far as your mom may want to go. Right. Now, right. if she wants to roll up her sleeves and be like, "Let's drop the engine," then it's a different discussion. But I, <laughs> I don't, I don't necessarily <laughs> get that here. So I am going to say she has to drive. The NC Miata, mm, the third yeah. gen Miata, yeah, good. And I think third gen Miata with the power retractable hardtop. Okay, for like fifteen it. grand, you can just like find it. them now. Some of the current generation. If she likes the current generation Miata, I don't think they're quite fifteen yet, but they're not far off. Mm, okay. So you could certainly shop for that. But I think the NC, you'd have your choice in the power retractable hardtop. I think she'd love that car. If Actual getting in and out is a concern, and that's why she likes CUVs. I'm going to go to where you were earlier, and you mentioned it in passing just now. Fiat 500 Abarth.
1: Mm. Yeah. And, and,
0: and in this case, yeah. mom, get the apart
1: get the snarly growly get, little get get the one with why? Anything.
0: why does it have that exhaust pop why does it do that because it's fun <laughs>
1: bam 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 because because
0: when mom gets yeah. out of that car people go that's your car that and that and that's the right question of course it is it <laughs> yes. absolutely is i got an abart i uh, that's and, yes. and honestly this this is the place where i think i i'm the guy that in the abart i like the black with the red stripe that turns into checkers yeah. for mom i want yeah. the white one with the red stripe Oh, really? The white Abart with the red stripe that turns into checkers. Mom okay. climbs out of that at, right, after, right after she parked it and the exhaust po- popped like twice. Perfect. Done.
1: <laughs> Done. Love it. I love it.
0: So automatic or manual in that car. I, those cars are just genuinely fun. They're not as hair on fire and they're not as, uh, let's be honest, uh, stayed inside as the Fiesta ST.
1: Mm-hmm. They're yeah. just genuinely yeah. fun. And Plus you can, that high seating position.
0: And that's the it's key great. thing about the yeah. 500 bar. So that, but please drive the Miata. The, the Miata's real success is the fact that by and large, it is incredibly easy to maintain. Pretty yeah. easy to get yeah. in and out of, even though it's not big. And they just run and they're out there for cheap. Let's just embrace the fact that, that that's what the Miata does well.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, thanks to you both for writing your car debates into us. And like I said, please send us your debates with, uh, with fun stories. We've got a ton of audience questions we've yeah, got to dive t- into. And starting with a question on Facebook from Michael Yunkanas, Yonk- I have probably mispronounced that. My apologies. How about the Mazda Skyactiv X-Straight 6 News? And there's actually another question mm-hmm. further on down mm-hmm. in Instagram from Driver Mod. Do we think this new inline-6 Skyactiv-10, Skyactiv-X, Mazda, did, did Mazda just surprise us with with a car that they might try to build a rear-wheel drive GT coupe that Porsche refuses to? Well, we we don't know if Porsche is we'll refusing. There's, of course, product plans that we're not privy to. But has Mazda just kind of thrown down? Are they coming for a Supra and Z competitor, a true It'd be great if they Inline would. Inline, straight six, front engine, GT coupe.
0: It'd be uh, great if they would. It'd be great if they would. It's kind of exciting. Yeah, very exciting. But But the thing I love about Mazda is that they are not a big company, and they continue, in spite of the fact of getting rid of their Zoom Zoom tagline, they are continuing to try to make... One of the most engaging to drive cars in every segment. Mm-hmm. It might mm-hmm. not be the best across the board, but they tune their stuff to be genuinely engaging to drive. From the CX-3 and the Mazda 3 to the CX-9, I yeah. mean, in yeah. their segments, they're generally very, very driver friendly and driver focused, which is really cool. Let's make something like this. I, I think it's <laughs> also interesting that they are doing a six-cylinder, a, a straight six. Now, straight six engines are kind of magical. They they rev really well. They're really fun to work with. Uh, As a driver, they're very cool. Uh, A couple of people have asked questions about what does this say about Toyota. I mean, the truth is Mazda is working on this Skyactiv technology. They are in the process of making new engines and ways to do this. So they don't go hybrid, but they can get great gas mileage. This is them making yet another engine. Sure. Toyota is not really sure. in a let's go build a straight six place, which is why they went to work with BMW. I'm not getting too far into super, but that's really the reason that the, the difference. And Mazda just goes, what do we want to do? And then they figure out how to package for their
1: customers. They, they kind of revel in being the slight outsider. They do. And they're good at it. I'm going to yes, let myself yes. speculate for the briefest of moments. The Toyota Supra has been launched. Mm-hmm. Nissan. Desperately needs the new generation Z car, Nissan. Hello, calling <laughs> Nissan. <laughs> Nissan. It, this, by the way, if you're waiting for your moment, now's your moment. It's it's that, right now, now, right? Yeah. Could Mazda be eyeballing bringing an RX back? Is it the RX Nine? Is this where we're headed with power and goodness and yeah, GT carness be cool. and be great. something new? I I would love to it'd think be very so. cool. Yeah, I'm completely speculating though. We've got uh, Lee wrote in.
0: Actually, you know what? I'm going to get to Lee's question in a minute. David's question, because we just talked about it. This is a quick one. David said, uh, talk me out of buying a used 500 Abarth.
1: <laughs> not gonna.
0: Uh, what? <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> not gonna. Uh, you wrote the wrong podcast. <laughs> you, you said you test drove a 2015 and you loved it. Uh, your wife thinks you're insane. You don't tell us why your wife thinks you're insane. What? What? I mean, that might not have anything to do with cars. It might just be who you are, David. No, seriously. <laughs> yeah, it actually what? has nothing to do yeah, with cars. Exactly. It's
1: this whole other topic over here. Uh, so
0: you're, you're, you're wondering why shouldn't I get one? Is she looking at at this as weird because it's a little hot hatch? What's the problem? I, I There's not anything I can tell you as to why you shouldn't get one, but I am going to say this to you. Please go cross-shop it with the Fiesta ST. If you haven't driven a Fiesta ST yet, do yourself a favor and at least drive a Fiesta ST before you buy the Abart, so you can compare and contrast. You may still wind up in the Abarth. They're very fun. They're mm-hmm. very affordable, but so are the Fiesta STs. I think you need to at least cross-shop drive that, but I think you get a little hatch. We have talked about it many times of late. You get a little
1: hatch that people can enjoy. Why not? There's a question over here on Instagram from Balu240. Yes, you heard the the group podcast hosted by Matt Ferris, So he, he was um, fantastic. he kind Madness, of corralled yeah. a bunch of us at this uh, Toyota Super Event. We ha- we ended up having a round table and passing the mic around, which was very fun. It was hysterical, yeah. So he asked, "Have there been any recent cars that we've reviewed and nearly refused to return because we just love them so much?" Mm-hmm. Does this mm-hmm. happen? I'm I'm mixed on this question because I love getting the press cars. We yeah. we love either flying into Los Angeles or or some city and grabbing press cars or they're delivered to the house here. Mm-hmm. Getting into a press car, but I, you've probably heard me say this before, I like it when they go back. It Weirdly. It, yeah. It's a weird thing yeah. because of the, just the care and feeding and just having this extra car. Not that not that I don't want to keep driving it, but it doesn't belong to us, and we know that other people are, you know, it's in demand, and yeah. Yeah, people yeah. want to drive this car, so we definitely consider it a privilege when we are invited to press launches and get totally. press cars. Totally, That's definitely increasing, as you're probably noticing, but... I, There there have been many cars that I want to spend more time with, but I think we can always come back to this because Mm -hmm. whatever episode that we're featuring it in, either it's YouTube content as a standalone or some TV episode in the future. Yeah. I always think, okay, I've tasted it now and it's, it's the fondness. It's the it goes away, and I okay. I remember favorite things about it, and then yeah. I want to go okay. drive it again. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't see want it. that press drive to be the only time we get in it. Yeah. I'm always leaving it open to this car will go away, but it could come back in some okay. form because we'll put it in a in a different comparison or the next model year where they change the thing and now yeah. we get yeah, it yeah. again. And the the um, Miata RF is a great yeah. example with yeah. the higher horsepower engine. Totally, that seems pretty tempting. Yeah. We've driven the RF, but. What about that? We really enjoyed it. One. How yeah, about for that sure, coming for sure. back in to Completely. do something Completely. different yep. with? That's my headspace. I
0: love it. I love it. Uh, Lee wrote in on Facebook. I want you to, to chime in on this. He has a long question. I'm going to see if I can summarize it. He said, essentially, he's looking for a, a less than $30,000 dedicated fun car. Right Ooh. place to start. Ooh. He really, really wants a Porsche. He really wants, in fact, a Cayman. And then the, the, the madness begins because he spirals down into reading on forums about blown engines and this problem and that problem and that oh, problem. Oh yes, and he's saying, "Is there any reason I can actually buy a Porsche Cayman with confidence?" Lee, here's the thing: the we, you actually bring it up in here. Is this a thoroughbred? And, if, and that's our term. Is there this the thoroughbred car problem? And if you t- maintain it, it will run. Yes, it's exactly what it is. You're going to find on the internet. By the way, everything is terrible on the internet. In case you haven't noticed, especially reliability of cars. <laughs> and it's there's, all true. As there's, well. there's 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 no writing on the internet that says uh, this car is awesome. That that really doesn't happen uh, on, on the on the usability. <laughs> Except forums.
1: for the particular forums of that car and those owners. Well, but, that, yeah. That's the only time. But anyway, no.
0: But I'm but I'm saying every even if you get on a forum where everybody is thrilled about the car, which let's be honest, most forums are that way. There is a segment of that forum, the dark corner of that forum. <laughs> Where if What's you here? if you if button? you read that part, the car you own is just this side of catastrophic failure. I don't care what car it is, <laughs> it's you will you will keep. I've done it. You will keep yourself up at night about is that part going to go tomorrow? Is it just going to? I gotta I gotta get that replaced. That's every car. Porsches in general, if you maintain them, they just run random mm-hmm. stuff doesn't break that's been my experience it's been your experience paul it's been chance and mandy's experience it's been my wife's car's experience it's been our mechanics experience we talked yeah. to him yeah. he talks about it in that regard uh in the german car brands i would declare them generally the most reliable to own if you want a cayman do not give in to all of the this is going to blow up any minute i'm not guaranteeing the car will run of course not shop smart but I would I would feel better about you taking a gamble on a Cayman than pretty much any other German car. German I like that, model.
1: but I I wouldn't even use gamble is too strong a word. For me, and okay, in, even fair. in that case, right, I, I know what
0: you mean by yeah, it, yeah, but
1: yeah. that that insinuates but, but that him, I am him like, personally Ooh. taking
0: the risk. He, he personally is a bit, a bit out of his comfort right. zone here, and I would go, go do it.
1: it. It says that you're alone in choosing that car, and Lee, you're not. Yeah. And in any car, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. And I would say there's so many ways to mitigate your fear not just the forums but starting with your mechanic yeah yeah yeah. and find a mechanic and finding yeah. a good recommendation yeah. and finding the group of people that own that car they know everything and they're happy to share that knowledge i'm talking aside from forums i'm talking yeah. a local group yeah of whatever yeah, that yeah, is yeah, yeah. or maybe it's, it's a car it's really club good. with a few guys you know a few people who own that car we'll mm-hmm. say and you can you know make friends and they can say yeah you know so worth it and here's what you want to know and here's mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. you want to watch out for. Totally. And suddenly you're you're like I said, you're not alone in that sense. You've got a community around you to to help with recommendations and what to look for when buying and all those kinds of things. Forums are a great place to mm-hmm. start, but that kind of I guess comfort blanket yeah. is so much better yeah, when, I you, agree with when that. you realize that and you think, ah, I'm I'm not just stepping out here on a limb and Nobody's ever bought a Cayman before. I am the only one, and I'm going to be the guinea pig. And you know, if you want to get if you,
0: you want to feel frightened, buy a Lotus. You're, you're like I am the only person on the planet that bought a Lotus. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody talked to me about my Lotus. I was at our latest cars and coffee That's here awesome. in Park City, and there were three of us. Which was Incredible. I was shocked, and so so what we ended up doing is comparing and contrasting. So what's broken on your car? What's what's the thing you'd like to replace? Was our big discussion, but that just happens, which is fine. Andy Ferguson on IG asked a question. I love these questions when they come across. It's the why do you never question the the why the why do you never recommend question. Generally, I could be wrong. That uh. question after 400 podcasts. We've probably recommended it. Whatever it is, it's probably come up. I seem um, to recall that we had. Yeah, at some yeah. Point. The the but the why do you never recommend question typically uh, I, I'm painting with a broad brush. Typically comes from a person that owns the car that that follows. So Andy uh. is asking a great question, which is why do you never recommend the, the Mini Cooper? I owned a Mini Cooper <laughs> for. About a year, okay. I was say it was just over. Yeah, like about that. a year, and yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I've talked it up a lot. And I know we've t- brought it up on the podcast. In fact, you just mentioned it in passing in recommendations tonight. In fact, yeah. yeah. So it does get recommended. It, it's in one of those categories where I think there are cars that overshadow it, but it's absolutely fun. Uh, they have had, depending on the generation, some questionable reliability, which spooks some people. Uh, and, and rightly so. Uh, I had an early one. I had an R53, and it was great, and I, I didn't have any problems. It had almost 200,000 miles on it, and it was a supercharged little beast, and it's now <laughs> off in uh, with Evan in South Carolina, and he and his wife love it, and I love that you... I, still, I still love, Evan, <laughs> so that you cool. won that on the raffle and that it's a great car for you guys, and I hope it runs to two hundred and fifty, three hundred thousand 300,000 miles. Absolutely. They're very, very fun. I guarantee you we've recommended them. We recommend them again, but they're in that category, as you heard tonight, with the 500 Bart. And the uh, the Fiesta ST is the main thing that overshadows that car.
1: Okay. okay. And
0: they are they are a, they're a they were perfect for me because they're a quirky car. They're a niche quirky car. It's much more likely to recommend the GTI because more people are going to like the GTI than it's going to like the Mini Cooper. And if you're looking yeah, for yeah. cheap to run, cheap to buy. Fiesta ST. So they start to be different places where it just gets overlapped. It's one of those kind of, I would say, j- secondary recommendation cars, and that's why you might feel like it doesn't get recommended enough. He has a second part of his question that I want you to help me chime in on, though. Okay. He has a friend who um, drives a Volvo and thinks that Volvos are sports cars, and he is trying to figure out how do I explain <laughs> to my friend that a Volvo what is not. What podcast number was no, it he's we, were saying, how, cars? How do we How do I explain to my friend that a Volvo is not a sporty car? mm. Um, here's my big question. What else has your friend driven?
1: Yeah, that's good. That's because good. that's
0: going to be the big thing that informs when, when you drive, uh, look, I'll, I'll give you this for reference. The Mazda six is a surprisingly sporty, large sedan.
1: Yes. But if you, yes.
0: if you go drive the Miata, same company, tell me which one is the more sporty car. Good. Nobody's going to yeah. go, the Mazda 6. Nobody's going to say that. No one is. Yeah. So I, I think your friend needs to drive some things that are not front-wheel drive, midsize sedan.
1: And let us have a Agreed. conversation about sportiness. Agreed. It's all about perspective on where your friend is coming from. Because completely, completely, if you're coming yeah. from you know, a, a large Lexus or a Buick product or something like that, and you come to Volvo, I can definitely see how it seems sporty. It's sportier, but... By no means does Volvo position themselves as sports cars in the marketplace. No. It's not what they do. That's not their headspace. That's not what you see on the website when you go there. And that, that's nowhere found in the marketing language yeah. anywhere.
0: I mean, they did their anywhere. crazy blue Polestar versions. Our friend Derek has one. Yes. And those are genuinely fun. Those are genuinely fun. Yes. But that's almost like the internal hot riding version. Exactly. And, and we're also yes. back to this. Look, I have hooned, and I mean truly tire screaming, hooned a Prius. And I was laughing on purpose, by the way, I was laughing (laughs) because I was the car was just so unhappy with me and it made me laugh. You can hoon anything. You can make anything screech and you can look at your passenger and be like, can you believe we just did that in this car
1: at any level? Yeah, that doesn't make it sporty, though. Yeah, for sure. It's it's the adding parts that make it sportier. I mean, this is what a lot of companies have done. Mercedes Mm -hmm. and BMW have added parts, added power to make a car that is Not designed to be that way. Just suddenly leap up and dance and do cool stuff. (laughs) And then it's exhausted when the day's (laughs) over. Yes. That is the entire ethos of AMG right there. It just (laughs) leaps up and it's frantic and it just just, does stuff. But then let's get to, let's start talking chassis and balance and weight and steering feel and all the things that you and I discuss. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then let's get into that and you'll hopefully quickly find that. Follow doesn't fall into that category, but that's not what they're go. That's not what they're going for.
0: You, you having an argument with your friend is not going to be productive. But, but you guys having an experience together would, would lead to a fascinating conversation.
1: <laughs> Frosty Junction, cool handle on Instagram. Frosty Junction, come on down <laughs> to
0: Frosty Junction where we have. I don't even know how that finishes. What sort of food? I'm do you sure serve? it's. I'm sure it's shakes. It, it's yeah, got to be. It's All got right. anyway, Yeah.
1: Asks what are our favorite car logos? For him, it is Maserati. That is the best part about Maserati's, actually, the, fork. the cocktail fork the logo. Fork. Yes, yeah, I, I just think Perfect. of cocktail parties, and it's just the little pickle fork <laughs> sitting there. It's, hey, look, the Maserati logo on the end of a utensil. That's oh, cool. That's terrible. Maserati Alpha, Spiker. Yes, cool. Ferrari and Morgan. All good. I'm going to go way back for my favorites Okay. Auburn. Hmm. Auburn. Duesenberg. Packard. Packard is cool. All of the the big ones where they had eagles' heads yes. and flying, you know, duchess and you know these sculptural, yeah. beautiful, chrome plated yeah. artwork. Uh-huh. It's not just a badge. It's not just a logo. It's a it's a piece of sculpture. It's a sculptural around. thing. A non aerodynamic, yes. actually detrimental to mm-hmm. aerodynamics. Things and, and, and looking to your car. and
0: looking to pierce a person, which is why they no longer exist. <laughs> it's either yeah. going to
1: hurt you or hurt the mechanic or. Be stolen or something <laughs> like that. The like leaping jaguar is the the last vestige of yeah, you're right. you know the you're cool right. logo and yeah. and I admit to <clears throat> kicking one off a car in high school when I was a hooligan. I I mean we were hooligan. into stealing car ornaments. Paul and I,
0: Schmucker equals hooligan <laughs> has said no one ever in the last a jaguar off the hood yeah, anyway.
1: Just as the guy was coming out of the grocery store, did too. you
0: really? Hey,
1: you kids! It was oh, awful. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that oh, I had heard awful. that story. Yes. You, you were a little hooligan. I was not. Yeah, I was young and we, stupid. We, and- we were all young and stupid once. We've talked about this
0: before. Thank God we were young and stupid when there was no social media. Yeah, because no when you are young and stupid like that, what happens? Because because look, I'll put it out there. Everyone has those stories where it's just like I can't believe it. Mine, <laughs> I, mine. Driver that I am, driver conscious person that I am, went through a period while living in Norway of throwing snowballs at moving cars oh, and no. trying really oh, hard oh, to have yeah. it land in front of the driver's face because that was victory. Oh, I did God. that.
1: <laughs> I We're did. Kidding. Oh yes.
0: Oh yes. I'm not proud of this, You're but this is kidding. this is my young and stupid story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and and also to that point, some adults could really run fast. We had a couple of people that stopped and chased after us, and you think at 14 you're like the old people won't be able to run fast. There's some fast adults out there when you're 14. Did you get caught? No, I did not, but just barely did not. But the not. adrenaline spiked. Oh and my you were lord! Gone. Yeah, this is my young and stupid Holy story. Holy cow! Yeah, exactly. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm not wow. proud of this, but this. But my point here is, my point oh. here is, when you are young and stupid, in the modern time, you want to share your young and stupidness with others. <laughs> Look yes, at this you young did. and stupid thing I just did, and then well, there's a record. There, there, people could be like,
1: "Have you noticed you did this?" My sharing equated to hanging the, the said stolen car logo around a, our necks on a chain. Oh no! One guy had a BMW Roundel. I had the Jaguar. And oh they were like no! Showing them off and be like, "Um, where'd you get that?" <laughs> huh? Those aren't for sale anywhere close My dad's by. My missing a Jaguar ornament at <laughs> off his hood. Where'd you get that one? We are uh, a terrible influence. Yes, I don't know. <laughs>
0: that's that's terrible and funny. I do like that, though. Yes, young and stupid. That's the podcast. Uh, <laughs> how about uh, T. Scott Deckard wrote in and said, hang on, hang on. The Supra BRZ comes with a performance package. Is this worth the money? Does this little tiny car really need Brembo oh, brakes? Yeah.
1: yeah. Fair question, I can't
0: actually. talk about the Supra, but I can talk about the fact that they had the 86, <laughs> 86 chassis there with the TRD pack, which is the same thing.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: How are you going to use this car? Now, remember, I had an FRS without that. Yes. It has the extra Brembo brakes and the Bilstein shocks and the nicer interior, essentially what we're talking about with the Performance Pack. Um, I did not have those on my car, and I loved my car, and I tracked it and drove it on back roads. Tires were the big thing because the other thing the Performance Pack does is it actually brings good Michelin tires to the party instead of the primacies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I put good Michelin tires on my car and loved it, had no complaints. If I were tracking it often – I would have preferred the Performance Pack. And the Performance Pack car Agreed. that we yeah. had as a compare and contrast car, and also, let's be honest, uh, Toyota had all these journalists here. It was mm-hmm. a great way mm-hmm. to show off the TRD version of that car because I just had them side by side on the track. It was easy. So we drove that, and we both were thoroughly impressed by the TRD version. It was just it was just flat-out fun. Yeah. So yeah, it was. I, I think if, <laughs> if it's going to be a car you're going to track a lot, it's worth it. If you aren't going to track it, Ever, like, no, never going to autocross, never going to track it. You can save the money.
1: The legend continues on Instagram. His wife and he were talking about the future of cars yesterday. Manuals are quickly dying, they have acknowledged, as is hydraulic steering, yes. What is the next enthusiast feature to die in cars, and when should we expect it? Oh, huh, uh, this is dark. Yeah, I mean, this is a bummer kind of question, but I, I definitely understand where your headspace is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me at first, uh, you know how you're always supposed to start with a positive comment when you're critiquing somebody <laughs> sure. or you're giving a presentation? Let's try. You don't that. just start in with the negativity, yeah, right? Exactly. So I'm going to start with a positive comment. <laughs> and it does have to do with the Supra, just the fact that car manufacturers are not ignoring this category. We, we have the super. It came back. Yeah, fair. fair, fair. We have other sports cars. Yeah. Nissan. <clears throat> Are you listening, Nissan? Anybody from <laughs> Nissan? Um, maybe paging, I need to call friends at Nissan. Now paging Nissan. Yeah. Are you doing anything? Is the yeah. next Z car coming? And is it going to be cool? Can we be invited to the press launch? We'd <laughs> love to come drive it. Exactly. <laughs> we will happily be there. Car manufacturers, even though we're limited in number in terms of the sports car choices... We're getting cool hot hatches. We're getting cool sports sedans, and we're getting cool sports cars. Again, limited numbers, yeah, but they're yeah. still here. Mm-hmm. Now, the next thing would be the drive-by-wire insert here: throttle, brakes, sure, whatever sure, that sure. is. Yeah. We're already seeing that happen with mm, we did with mm. the, uh, the Alpha Julia. Yeah, drive-by-wire brakes. Infinity has the drive-by-wire steering. Yeah, um, I. I I see why because they want to differentiate steering feel so badly, but I don't really recommend that. Even though there is still a shaft as the quote unquote backup to when something should go wrong. Let's just use that as the primary. Can can we do this? Can we just go with the the days when cars had keys
0: and steering wheels were connected? I mean, I I sound like an old guy here, but yeah.
1: (laughs) So we've already seen that happening. I think that will continue to proliferate, but I also think the engineering will follow where those particular elements will get critiqued enough. That manufacturers will pay attention to them as much as they're paying attention to electric power steering. Like Honda did on the S2000. We're going to, you know, if it comes out and it's, it, it's terrible brake feel or it's, mm. you know, a, a mm. horrible throttle response, they're going to get slammed for that if it's no good. Mm. But if it is truly great and it actually increases feel, well, then there's a case to be made for it. Okay. We don't know yet. You know what I fear?
0: Uh, We were having a conversation that led this way the other day. If I was really thinking about what's an enthusiast thing we love that I could see going away, it would be rear-wheel drive because everything goes all-wheel drive because all-wheel drive is safer. You need all-wheel drive. Seriously, I don't know what voice that is. But, <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> but, but seriously, that's my concern: is that re- rear wheel drive dies because everything's going all wheel drive? Because let's be honest, the reason that that's put in there is because they're they're trying to convince a customer it's safer, or in the case of the AMG cars, actually keep people from killing themselves. So there's both of those reasons, mm-hmm. but that that's a concern because I mean rear wheel drive is far more fun
1: because the steering wheels aren't doing anything else. I would hang on by my fingernails trying to make the case that drifting has saved all wheel drive or rear wheel drive. Hopefully. Hopefully. Because car manufacturers putting drift mode in cars, yeah. Focus RS. Yeah. Uh, if if you if there's drift mode, they're acknowledging it and therefore even though it's front wheel drive, but you know for, what I mean? For the man, one generation
0: at which, which they do that and then they decide to kill all cars. Like, you know, it's it's not so a guarantee let's keep of anything to yeah.
1: car sports that justify rear
0: wheel drive. That's funny. I like and this. Drifting's one of them. That's funny. I very much like this. Uh, I have one more on here that I want to touch on real quickly. There's no details about this at all. But Wheelman GT said, can we do a track day experience at Road Atlanta? That is what we're looking at mm-hmm, for yeah. our end-of-the-year piece. He said it would be like a pilgrimage spa thing, but it uh, it would be at Road Atlanta. We're hoping that our East Coast meetup, and please don't quote me, but we're hoping that that's what's going to happen in October is Road Atlanta and some roads around that area. That is what we're working on. I can't give you dates or costs or anything yet, but is that same kind of thing. It will be structured kind of like the Utah meetup where it's like, which part do you want to be involved in versus an all-in-one trip? Because we know people locally might just come for one thing, which is great. Mm-hmm. So that is what we're mm-hmm. working on, so thanks for the question.
1: A couple last questions from me, Geese1RBM. Do we think there will ever be a time when sports cars cross over into popular culture and media like we had with muscle cars in the late 60s, early 70s, or sport compact scene? Doesn't Fast and Furious count? Doesn't movies hmm. like Baby Driver count or uh, Driven? Uh, Ryan, what's his name? Good old what's his name? Well, Drive. Drive. That, I don't know
0: that that's much of a car movie, though. Uh, it, okay. it masquerades fair enough. a car movie. It's okay, actually fair kind enough. Of a mob movie. I think, but yeah.
1: I think it's still in the outlier, but does not Fast and Furious just completely...
0: Count? The, the difference, though, is Fast and Furious no longer connects to any actual rational cars. <laughs> I mean, they're driving tanks. You
1: have to suspend your disbelief completely, completely. when you're watching yes. this movie. Yes, yes, yes.
0: The closest thing they have is some sort of ridiculously tuned Lamborghini.
1: That's as close as they get to reality. Okay, Bond cars. Bond cars?
0: But that's still somewhat fringe, but I, yeah. that's Whenever Tom we Cruise get.
1: drives any vehicle in any movie, does yeah. that count?
0: I, possibly, possibly. I, I don't think... I, here's the thing: I don't think cars are as universally loved as they were in the '60s, and so I think the '60s, '70s, '80s, that era. I, I don't think cars are as loved now, and I think it's harder to make a car a hero. But it, mm-hmm. but it isn't impossible.
1: Mm-hmm. I hear you. All right, last question here from I am not Sean Clark: BMW seem to depreciate way faster than other German luxury brands. Assuming it's because reliability and maintenance concerns, does this affect whether we recommend them or not, I think you could insert any car, German or otherwise, where we've had high maintenance or thoroughbred sorts of kinds of things, in that sentence, whatever that car manufacturer is, depreciating faster, Do we, are we affected? Mm-hmm. It depends. It depends on the person writing, yeah. what is their yeah, yeah. budget? What is their appetite? Have they ever owned one before? Mm -hmm. Generally not because we're going for driving experience first. We're not going for, this car is going to appreciate in your garage. It's going to go up in value over time. That's not our headspace. This
0: reminds me of a question that was mentioned, actually not in this line of questions, but a couple people have sent me this article or mentioned it. The the question is this. I love the Alfa Julia Quadrifoglio. I will remain in love with the Alfa Julia Quadrifoglio. I love that car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Car and driver just finished their 30,000 miles in their long-termer. Okay. And it was not good. They did not have a good experience with liability. They had a lot of, frankly, they had a lot of electrical gremlins. Okay. Many times when the car kept running, but it said something was wrong and nothing really was. And so people have sent this to me and just said, am I going to stop recommending this car? The short answer is no. And here's why. That while those long term things are actually helpful and interesting to read and i think they can be good cautionary tales in the same way as you go on a forum and you find the guy that blew up his ims bearing next to the mm. 100 people that didn't mm-hmm. it doesn't mean every car's that way i'll give you another example also from car and driver i'm pretty sure it's car and driver they had a long-term Corvette C7 when it came out, which you, guys, which you and I have recommended many times. Yeah, yeah. And most people I have ever known with those cars, with the possible exception of early uh, models that had overheat issues on the track, they have not had issues, and they've loved the car. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If, if memory serves, I think it was Car and Driver, whoever it was, the magazine that did a long-term on, on early C7 was their least reliable car in history. And if memory serves, they had an engine replacement halfway through. Now, based on that article, if I'm looking at a magazine's long term, I could never say anything nice about the C7, but I have seen counterpoints all over the place. Do I think that buying an Alpha Julia Quadrifoli or even a Base Julia is more of a dice roll in reliability than buying a Honda Accord or a Lexus product? Yes. Do I think it's going to be catastrophic and have constant uh, gremlins like they did? Not really. Sure, so you sure, have to go in. That. What I think is interesting about these long-term things is that it, it it informs you to go in with your eyes open in certain areas. The same thing with the Porsche IMS bearing. Yeah, you go in right. with your eyes open, but you don't assume death is coming for your wallet. Okay, <laughs> Or and, your and car. Then, and then you just yeah. go and, and you go, okay, what could be the case? That's the thing with the uh, the transmission I have in my Lancer. I know it could be a ticking time bomb. I'm enjoying driving the car. We'll see what happens. Yeah, sure. So you have to you have sure. to gauge your your interest in uh, the unknown. But <laughs> the car is fantastic to drive. Ultimately, we're chasing fantastic to drive cars, and uh, frankly, the more completely. Boring, reliable it becomes. Often, the more boring to
1: drive it becomes. Sure, I mean, I mean that's the headspace to begin with. But then we yeah. take in consideration the person's story and their totally. budget and totally appetite yes. for working on things themselves, and you know all those kinds of things. The newness of the car, yeah. all that yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. stuff. But yeah, that's our headspace. Many, many thanks for the questions, y'all. The Toyota Supra piece drops on Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all of you mm-hmm. mothers. Celebrate again. by watching a Supra piece. Yes, that's a weird, can. weird mix. But it's, there it is. Uh, yeah. your, your feed on YouTube is going to become wall of Supra. That that Completely. right-hand column, the Completely, recommendation yep. feed, is, is going to be Wall of Supras. And uh, we really appreciate all the car debates. We are definitely looking forward to more. And the Topic Tuesday will be all about the super questions you have asked here. Yep. We will address yep. those for the Topic Tuesday and spend a good amount of time on those. Thanks again. Looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.